Welcome to the Hashtag Call to Scene podcast, the show focused on the strategic disruption of the status quo in technical organizations, communities, and events. We saw her last night, and when I say she lit the place up, you can tell when someone has a certain spirit, when they're born to speak, when they're born with a cause, someone who stands on her beliefs. And I shouldn't say belief because belief is a form of doubt. When you know something, it's etched in your DNA, in your soul, in your spirit. But she definitely someone who's standing strong, firm based on what she's believing in. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for our sister, our friend, Miss Kim Creighton, y'all. <laughs> person, so we're going to get started after 12 o'clock. Don't talk to me because I'm done. (laughs) So what I want to talk to you about is I don't normally speak in front of black people. (laughs) My audience, my target audience are white people. My target audience are white people who we need to talk about, who are business leaders, and we need to talk about why inclusion and diversity is not working. So my name is Kim Creighton. I am Hey Twitter, um, live streaming, you can tweet me. I have a, um, a, a, a movement called hashtag cause a scene. You can use that hashtag. And I'm just gonna get right into it. My goal is to help business leaders disrupt, innovate, and gain competitive advantage within a global marketplace while identifying and minimizing harm. We cannot continue to create products and services for a global market from a one perspective. We're causing harm, and you don't even know you're causing harm because you don't even have the perspective. So I am a researcher. I, am, I have data out the wazoo. So I am so happy that this fireside chat happened because it totally goes into what I'm talking about. And I wanted to go back. Uh, this is um, Adam Smith is the father of economics. He wrote the first economics book. And he talked about all of ourselves and nothing uh, and all of ourselves and nothing for other people seems to be what's happening right now. And that was happening in 1776. And I'm going to tell you why it was happening in 1776 in a minute. But I like to give a trigger warning. And again, this is usually in front of white people because my job is to make white people uncomfortable. I'm just letting you know. Um, and I'm very good at it. So um, I just want you to know that. And I usually say that because inevitably at some conference, I trigger someone and they try to um, uh, report me for code of conduct. Just because you can't manage your emotions has nothing to do with me. So um, I'm going to be my authentic black self from the South. This is what this is. So let's define terms. I am an educator by trade, so I always like to start with everybody on the same page because I don't want to wait. I'm 20 minutes in and people are like, oh, that's what she wants. Privilege. This is a word that white people get so upset about. 
Privilege is just about access. Who has access to things? That's it. Who has access? So if you have seen these pictures of these monkeys on National Geographic, they make it seem like, oh, it's this hunky-dory. Well, actually, it isn't. There's a matriarchal family who can only get in this water, and everybody else is on the outside like, please, we're freezing, let us in. All right? Underrepresented is about numbers. So in tech, women are underrepresented. Marginalized is about treatments of groups. So although women are underrepresented, most white women, unless they're LGBTQ or have a disability, are not marginalized because they benefit from privilege, which means white women are not about diversity. That's not how you get your diversity numbers, okay? Diversity is about variety. So I use this as, when, if you are, some people can really do good with four crayons. Not me. I need that 64 box so I can really make some stuff happen. Without that 64 box, you're looking at stick figures and it ain't nothing, it ain't nothing nice. But when you have diversity, you can think about what you can create. If I can have a team of people who can't draw with 64. If, if, if I have four, that means somebody on there got to be an artist. <laughs> Inclusion is about experience, and I'm going to break this down. Inclusion is about my experience. And I like what you said, because it's not about the organization telling me I'm included. If I don't feel inclusive, it's not included. You cannot tell me I'm included. You cannot tell me you have an inclusive environment. And this also goes to allies. You cannot claim self-identify as an ally. That title is given to you if the groups you're working on behalf of feel that the work you're doing is worth something. All right, inclusion is not about equality because there is no way, sir, we started at the same line. So I need you to go sit down, take a nap, don't move. Let me get a head start. And then when you get up, I need you to crawl real slow. <laughs> That's the only way I'm going to make any gains. It is not about quotas. It is, again, it's about my experience. Okay, so now we're going to talk about James Adams. Um, he um, was at the Continental Congress. This is something, because what I want to do is we... Some of the problems we're having is we don't look at a historical perspective. We see things in silos instead of in systems. And as I, you know, if you eat something wrong, your system, gonna, the whole system going to do something. It's not just going to be that one thing. So a major concern in society, this was from 1787, um, is to protect the minority of the opulent against the majority. This has been baked into our system. This has been baked into our economies. And this is why we're not, this is what we're not dealing with and why we need to. So Step from the Beginning by Abram Candy is an excellent book. And he, he breaks down the definitive history of racist ideas in America. You really need to read this book. Here's a, oh, yeah, I can do that for you because you're the CEO, I usually wouldn't. <laughs> All right, there you go. All right, hate and ignorance. So people think that, they, that people were racist first, then came the policies, and then came discrimination. That is incorrect. They needed a way to justify slavery. They used different, um, the Bible uh, policies, to justify slavery. So the economics came first. And if we don't deal with the fact that the economics came first, we will not move forward. And this is why we have organizations that keep trying and keep trying to improve on inclusion and diversity, but they're not dealing with the issue that our base, our whole economy 
is based in white supremacy, is rooted in white supremacy. Our healthcare system is rooted in white supremacy. Our educational systems is rooted in white supremacy. Everything that happens is rooted in white supremacy and which means it's anti-black. Time and time again, racist ideas have been cooked up to, um, to justify this stuff. I mean, it's been brilliant men and women who have done this. And we see the see it now. And I'm just going to be honest, I'm loving seeing white people freak out right now. Okay, so after the Trump win, people are like, what just happened? And black people sit there like, duh. <laughs> and then Kavanaugh, oh, oh, what? Duh. Um, for the first time, I say privilege and white supremacy is a parasite. And for the first time, it's eaten on its host. This is the first time in millennia that white people have been as uncomfortable. Well, you're never as uncomfortable as we are. We have to walk around like this all day. Um, <laughs> so you're never as uncomfortable as we are. But this is the first time you're really having to challenge some of the things that you thought, and particularly white women, when it comes to your proximity to, uh, to privilege and white supremacy. Um, you're really having to challenge that. And I get it all the time on Twitter. You're being a racist. Nah, 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 nah. We're going to talk about that in a minute. I'm like, white women, go sit down somewhere, please. Their own racist ideas, they didn't start, they, their own racist ideas did not create this system. Capitalists, they were, they, based on, and I'm loving, and I'm hoping you were honest here, sir, because this gives me hope that there's a multi-billion dollar company who is willing to look at this stuff honestly and say, hey, we have a choice. Are we going to continue down the road where capitalists, we're capitalists and we're harming people? Or are we going to make a different choice? And this is why I, I use a lot of definitions, and I know this is a, a whole bunch of words. But people keep denigrating capitalism. Capitalism is only a theory. It's how we put it in application has been the problem. And we, on company by company level, can change how we do capitalism in our own organizations. And because we're tech and we touch everything, once we figure this out, every other industry is going to have to change. So we have the potential to change the world and stop harming people. <laughs> Everyone in the hashtag call the scene community shares the same common beliefs based on a set of four specific guiding principles. One, tech is not neutral, nor is it apolitical. Two, intention without strategy is chaos. Three, lack of inclusion is a risk and increasingly a crisis management issue. And lastly, but most importantly, four, we must prioritize the most vulnerable. To find out more about the guiding principles and adding them to your Twitter profile banner, please visit hashtag causeascene.com. If you only have a perspective from the United States, you do not know anything about how, what could cause harm to people in Brazil. First of all, the fact that English is the first language of everything. Right now, you've already, um, you've already shut down a whole country, uh, a country of people. Um, so these are the things we need to be talking about. Racist ideas were done, uh, have done a job on us. We don't even see it. And this is what I'm going to tell my black people. We have internalized racial or white supremacy. We do. And I'm giving you an example of this. Think about 
when you go into a restaurant. What are black kids doing if they're at, in the, at, with their families at the restaurant? Anybody shout it out. Yeah. Sitting down, even if they have a book or a tablet, what are white kids doing? Running around making a mess. And it's because they've been taught that they belong in that space. That every space belongs to them. So that's what they're doing. When you're walking down the street and, oh, I, I, I brace myself now because I take up space. So we're walking down the street and you're not paying attention and you're walking into me, I would normally stop and step aside. No, we, I'm going, boom, head into you because I deserve to take up space. I'm no longer making excuses. And it, and it goes to civility. Civility is an option for white people. It is the expected behavior of marginalized groups because it makes us manage our own behavior so they don't have to. It's like in slavery when you had the overseer. I don't have to worry about if I get to put this black person in charge of everybody else. So no, when we're sitting on a plane and dude wants to open his legs wide open, sir, your penis is not that big. You might want to close your legs because you're in my space now. You're in my space. Oh, you want, what, you want the front or the back of this armrest? Because we're going to share this. Because think about, I want to, and you're laughing, but think about how you show up. We get on planes, we do this. We close ourselves up. It's because that's the expected behavior of us. We have internalized white supremacy. We see it when we talk, look at outside at other mar marginalized groups and treat them poorly. Because we've been told that there's this thing that we need to climb up and we're better than somebody else. Let me define racism for you, because that definition that's in Oxford Dictionary does not meet the standard. That dictionary definition was first written by white people, and second, does not take into account the effect of racism. So black people in this country can never be racist, because even though we may have race prejudice, we do not benefit from a system of institutional power, so we don't have that. We can hate white people all we want, but we can never be racist. And by that definition, all white people are racist. Now, the difference is how you're going to show up. Where on that pendulum, on that, are you going to be work hard to be anti-racist? Or are you going to show racist behaviors? Because that's how you are. I mean, think about the white people in here. Think about it. Do you live in communities with other with people of color? How many, because we get the, oh, I have a friend. How many of you have multiple friends? What I find is most white people, have first, the first time they actually engage with black people is on Twitter. When they really have in-depth conversations with people is on Twitter. And they DM me all the time, like, Kim, I never knew about, because you don't know about this. And I'm going to tell you, white people, you're ignorant of your own history by design. So, um... So this is another book. So you want to talk about race? Hurry up, get your phone out, sir. Move <laughs> too slowly. Move too slowly. Come on, you slow me up. I ain't got but a few minutes here. All right. Simple way to determine if something is about race. If somebody black says it's about race, it's about race. Don't argue. It's about race if it's disproportionately or differently affects black people. Hiring. It's about race. Those, I hope you guys don't do whiteboard tests because they are a waste of time. Those tests are targeted for white men ages 18 to 34 who ain't got nothing else on their time and their hands but to study for these tests. People with lives don't have time for that. 
and it's about race, if it's a broader system. We see how many videos have you seen some white woman calling the cops on a black person? It's about race. Everything. Okay. Everything. Everything when there was colonialism is about race. So why are we having this conversation? Because in the technical community, we continue to see, see through the lens and perspective of whiteness, which is white supremacy and anti-blackness. Gaining this understanding will help us um, explain our, why our current efforts aren't working. You have intention, and you may even have a strategy, because I said last night, intention without strategy is chaos. But because your, your strategy does not even acknowledge the racism that is inherent in everything we do, it does not work. We must be willing to accept and deal with the truth that, the, as you said, the, the, better we're, the better us we're trying to create has never existed. Based on the Constitution, I should be a slave. This was never supposed to happen. And to do better, those with privilege, must we must prioritize our needs and our safety. When I come into an organization, it's not about assimilation. It is about that culture needs to change so that I can bring something to it. Because we're no longer living in the industrial age where we're making widgets. We're in the information age where we need to create knowledge so you can be competitive. And if I can't, if I can sit there all day, but if you don't let me in um, to provide, you have none of my knowledge, and I'm going to take that with me to the next job. And you cannot use that to innovate. Um, another one for Adams, consumption is the soul, is the soul and the purpose of production, but it's after only, the only time you think about the producer is up until what they need, but it's the consumer that matters. And this is from 1776. This is what you, uh, you were talking about with the five points. The, yes, you're going to make money, but you can make money doing good. And um, what improves the circumstances is a greater uh, of the, I'm going fast because I'm out of time, but this is what it is. Um, the greater part can never be regarded as, so I can never be regarded as, in, in, as inconvenient to the whole. Because again, we have to stop thinking in silos and thinking in systems. I am a part of the system. And if I'm unhappy, you know these, these coworkers, if you got an unhappy coworker, everybody unhappy. And these are some resources. Get out your phones, take pictures. <laughs> Seeing White is a series I recommend to everybody, particularly white people, because it it's, um, was from last season of Seen on Radio, and it's a 14-week series where he breaks down the history of racism in this country, how the laws were changed, how people who were uh, considered the model minority, Indians and Asians, went to court so they could be considered white. Um, white fragility, hmm, yes. Y'all need to work on that. Saving Capitalism is a great movie by Robert Reich. Requiem for American Dream is another great movie that breaks down all these things about where this stuff comes from. Because it really, although a lot of it happened in the 1700s, where it really happened was in the 70s. The Powell Memo was when the um, Chamber of Commerce, this is, when the, this is when companies took over our government. And he, it, it's totally outlined in this document. And then you have the um, Trilateral uh, Commission. So thank you very much.
Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Hashtag Cause the Scene podcast. And I'd like to thank all our current sponsors of the podcast and the Hashtag Cause the Scene movement. Of course, we strongly encourage everyone to become an individual sponsor of the Hashtag Cause the Scene community. Just visit the website at HashtagCalledTheScene.com to sign up today. On behalf of everyone here at Hashtag Call the Scene, we'd like to thank you again for listening to today's show and have a wonderful day.